This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. And a guten Erev Shabbos, I'm Mashi Lipsker. Delighted to be with you this morning on Chai FM, 101.9 Chai FM. And to talk about things that are very much on our minds and our hearts as we approach the month of Elul. Elul, the month before Rosh Hashanah, is a month of preparation. It's a month of opportunity. And interestingly, we're in Women's Month now here in South Africa. And Elul is Women's Month. Actually, the astrological sign is a young woman of the age of looking forward to getting married. A young woman with her whole life ahead of her. And essentially, that is the message of Elul. We don't look back to become, God forbid, depressed at what we haven't managed to accomplish. We are filled with inspiration that the future holds absolutely everything for us. There's a little bit of time not to become down, but a little bit of regret, which will only fuel our determination to fill every moment of every day with meaningful and lasting, productive activity, interaction. And so here we are on Erev Shabbos Re'eh. The word Re'eh means see. And the parsh is very often called Re'eh Brocha, see blessing. See blessing means see the opportunity. See blessing means see that everything in life, everything, absolutely everything is from God and God is good. And so everything is a blessing. Some of the blessings come concealed. Some of the blessings are revealed. We like the easy stuff. We like when they bring in the big wrapped gift with the shiny paper and the big bow. And they say, this is for you. How exciting. But it's far more lasting and far more meaningful when there's something a little bit smaller or a lot smaller, but something we have worked for, something we have achieved. Of course, Children are always asking, so what do you have for me today? If you tell children there's something special happening, they say, oh, is it a party? Is it a treat? Is it a video? Is it something exciting? But when they achieve something on their own, you cannot match that look of joy, that feeling of accomplishment to anything that you can bring about by just giving them something. And Hashem says to us, Re'eh, see, I place before you this day blessing. It also says, I place before you this day blessing and curse. And the blessing will come about if you will listen to the mitzvahs of Hashem, your God, Moshe is speaking to the people, the mitzvahs that I instruct you to do. And God forbid the opposite, if you don't listen to the mitzvahs of Hashem, if you leave the way that I command you to do 
on this day, and you follow something strange, other gods, other ideologies, other things that you did not know. In other words, something strange that wasn't there, that wasn't given to you, that is not yours. And Moshe continues to say, when God will bring you to the land, there will be blessing. But it has to do with choice. As the parsha begins, I place the choice in front of you. And when we choose correctly, amazing things happen. A few weeks ago, we had the parsha Vaeschanan. Parsha's Vaeschanan is the parsha that begins the seven weeks of consolation from after Tisha B'Av until Rosh Hashanah. And that parsha, and we spoke about it last week, was a parsha in which Moshe pleaded with God and said, show me the land. Show me the good land. And Hashem said no. And yes, Moshe insisted and he continued and he didn't give up until Hashem said, that's enough. This is my decision. But Moshe was asking to come into the land with the people and use his superior vision, his insight, his seeing godliness and guide the people so that when they entered a materialistic life, it would not leave them. That sight that they had in the desert, that their parents had, they had seen God at Sinai. They'd come out of Egypt. In Egypt, they had seen miracles. They had been at the splitting of the sea. And Moshe said, please, these people, these are the younger generation. They need me to continually uplift them and give them that gift of seeing godliness, especially because they're going to be involved in uplifting a material world. And God said, no. God said, that will be too easy. They have to internalize. They have to not just see. They also have to work on themselves to bring it about. And our sages tell us, one cannot compare that which one sees or the other way. You can't compare what you hear to what you see. When you see, seeing is believing. I saw it. I'm telling you, I know. However, what you saw that excited you, that convinced you initially, tends to fade. It's not the same. It's not as strong days, weeks, months after you saw it. But when you hear something, when you internalize something, because the word hearing, I hear you, doesn't just mean I hear the sound of your voice. It means I get you. And what God wants for us is that we actually make this journey on our own, not because something external convinced us, but because we grapple with, we work with, we try and internalize, understand, and make something our own. Nevertheless, God did accede to Moshe's wish and 
every one of us received a ray, an element of the light, the vision of Moshe. And that vision is subliminal. It's under the surface. We've got it, but we have to reveal it. And it does get revealed from time to time. And that was God's answer two weeks ago in Parshas Veschanan. I'm not going to allow you to come into the land and keep showing them. But I am going to give them an element of being able to see. Ultimately, only when Mashiach comes will we have that full sight. When the world will be full of the knowledge of God. And we will see, physically see, the spirituality in the physicality. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. And I'm Mashi Lipsker. Erev Shabbos. Parshas Re'eh. It's also Shabbos Mevarchim Chaydesh Elul, the Shabbos before the new month of Elul, the month that precedes Rosh Hashanah, will be with us. And this Shabbos, we're going to bless the new month of Elul. I'm Lipsker. This is Chai FM. And we are talking the Parsha, whose name is Re'eh Two weeks ago, Moshe asked God to allow him into the land to see the land, and to give leadership to the people, to constantly uplift them, to see the godliness in the materialistic. And God said no. But he did grant Moshe's wish partially, that each one of us received an element of that sight. It is within, it's inward, but we can bring it out. From time to time, we're able to access it, and that's why the Parsha this week, Moshe says, Re'eh, Re'eh, see, I am placing before you this day blessing. Last week's Parsha, Moshe says, if, if you will just listen, if you will only listen. So he's emphasizing the listening. One cannot compare something we hear to something we've seen. But the seeing is far more long-lasting. And Moshe says, internalize it. Make it your own. And this week, we have Parshas Re'eh. We have the Parsha that precedes the month of Elul coming in. And in truth, we are told, Moshe says to us, See, I place before you this day blessing, bracha. Now, the word blessing is an amazing word, and it shares a root with the word berach, which is a knee, the function of the knee being to bend, and to lower down, to bring down even the head. What is this all about? This is actually the message for us in the month of Elul. It's up to us to draw down blessing, bracha, It's up to us to draw down godliness. And in fact, two weeks ago, in Parshas Eschanan, we had the Shema. And we know that the Shema begins with the word, listen. Because when God told Moshe, you're not going to be able to lead them in and give them your gift of sight, 
of what you saw and to remind them in that way and to uplift them and to give them part of your vision, Moshe began to understand that he has to instruct the people and he kept on saying, Shema, Tishma'un, if only you will listen. And the classic prayer of the Jewish people is the Shema. Our mandate in this world is not necessarily to have it easy, but to work to internalize the message that the Lord our God is one. Shema Yisrael. Hear, O Israel. Listen, O Israel. Internalize, O Israel. Transcendent God is our imminent God. All-powerful God gives us part of his power to do what? To bring about, to declare, to live the unity of God. Whether it's good or not so good, Hashem Echad, everything comes from him. God is one. And this word Shema, here, internalize, that word Shema, is the first of six important words. And then we have another line that we say, and that is Baruch Shem Kivod. Our work in this world is Baruch, to bring down from the word Bracha, from the word bend down, from the word Brecha, pool. Make it permanent down here. The work of Shema, how do you internalize things is by bringing godliness down into the world, by acting, by action. How do you internalize, make it part of you? Not because someone else told you they gave you a gift, but because you made it your own, you sweated it, you worked at it. Baruch, through action. And when the Baruch Shem Kvod, those six words have been said, and they're all about action. They're all about bringing God's monarchy, God's name, God's glory down into this world, seeing the unity of Hashem Echad in everything that we do, in the external things that we do, because those words are all about the external. Baruch, bless. Baruch, bring down. Baruch, make it permanent. What? Shame, the name. Name is something external, what other people call us. Kvod, the honor. Honor. It's something that the world needs to see. Kvod malchuto, the honor of his kingdom. What is malchus? What is kingdom? It's something that we see, that we encounter, that we experience. People are affected by it. Something that is seen from internalizing, we can bring it into the world and bring it to other people. The name of the glory of God's kingdom forever and ever. Permanent. The Shema is le'olam va'ed. When you really study something, sweat over it, act on it, you make it le'olam va'ed, you make it forever. And the next word we say, and this was in the parsha Hanan, ve'ahavta, and you shall love. How shall we internalize things? 
base it on love. How shall we act? Our actions must be permeated by love. And the Baal Shem Tov says that the word v'yahavta has the same numerical value as twice or. Or is light. Love is light. God's light illuminating all aspects of life based on love. Action that's based on love. We not only bring godliness to the world, but we actually concretize it within ourselves. So it's all about action. All about feeling Hashem's love and putting it out to other people. And sometimes we don't feel that love, but by acting loving to other people, we feel God's love as well. We feel full. We feel satisfied. And in the Shema, what is discussed? In the Shema, it's so easy to see that action is the most important thing. Which action are we talking about? Well, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. We're told that all your might means with everything that you have, all your wherewithal, all your materialism. And he goes on to say, And you shall teach them diligently to your children. Aha! The commandment to educate our children about the love of God, about action, and about working at internalizing the fact that all is from God, and therefore all is good. Yes. What is it? It's something called vishinantam. You shall repeat them to your children. Drum it into them. Show it to them. This is called chinuch. This is molding character. Both for ourselves and for our children our biological children, our students, etc. What we need to do is to create an environment. We need to show our children an example. It's the only way we'll refine ourselves and them. And we need to be consistent with what we do. We can buy them a lot of presents. We can give them a lot of things. But that doesn't teach Like example, children are sponges. They absorb through the pores. And when we show them respect for parents, we respect our parents, that teaches them that we need to be respected. You know that story the Gemara tells about the Roman official who was sitting in a large gathering, a wonderful banquet, and his mother came in. And she unfortunately was deranged. And she came and she tore his clothes and she spat at him as he sat there on the podium. And what did he do? He stood up and gently and lovingly took her by the hand and took her out, out of the room. It doesn't matter what is done to us. Everything is from Hashem. We need to choose blessing. We need to react correctly. Not only because that is the right thing to do, but to also, you know, remember, what you give is what you get. There was a child, there was a young woman who asked the Rebbe a question. She watched her mother 
take care of her own mother, and eventually her own mother wasn't well at all, and the child couldn't see any value in such a life. And asked the Rebbe, why does Hashem keep this grandmother alive? And the Rebbe's answer was so poignant. He said, to teach the younger generation, to teach the children how to care for their parents by example. It's only one way. It's not do as I say, it's do as I do. We have a whole list of wonderful um, practical mitzvahs that we do every morning, every day. They are powerful examples to mold the next generation. When our children see us being kind to others, they emulate our ways. Little children, they see that a, a messenger from Israel comes and he's collecting money for a yeshiva or for a family that's needy or even for himself so he can marry off his child. And they see the respectful way that the parents greet this visitor. They don't even know him. Perhaps they give him food or refreshments and then they write out a check. The children, when you see them playing, that's the kind of playing they will do. And they will be kind to others. We share our food with others. They will be so happy to share their food on the playground. They will do the things that they see us do. We are on Erev Shabbos, Parshas Re'eh. We're going to be blessing the new month of Elul. And I'm Mashi Lipsker. This is 101.9 High FM. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. I'm Mashi Lipsker. And it is Erev Shabbos Parshas for A. We're going to be blessing the new month of Elul. And we're speaking about Re'e, see blessing. And how do we bring blessing into our lives? The word blessing, bracha, shares a root with the word berach, which is a knee. The word baruch, bless, is also analogous to and carries the message of draw down. Draw down blessing. How do we draw down God's blessing upon ourselves? And indeed, it is through action. It is through doing. And of course, the great blessing of nachas from children is when they see what the parents do. They see the atmosphere in the home as an atmosphere of generosity and giving. Then they emulate the same. It's natural for them. When they see that their parents share, it's so much part of them to share. And we want to speak about the fact that we have an obligation to teach the Torah diligently to our children. But most of us, what do we do? We send our children to school as well. We must choose a Torah school, the right teachers. Otherwise, it's just theoretical. It's just academic. The Rebbe said education is not about imparting information. It's about molding character. If a person is refined, that speaks volumes. Nobody's so interested in how much you know. They want to know. So let's teach others. But people are very impressed with how you treat them. People are very impressed and attracted to 
a healthy family. How do you do it? I want it for myself as well. But a good school with the right teachers makes a huge difference. Not the kind of teacher who teaches but then does not what they teach. Not the kind of teacher who doesn't live a refined lifestyle. Children need to look up to their teachers. Children need to want to emulate their teachers. And if those are not the teachers that your child has, the Rebbe speaks about, the previous Rebbe spoke about, refined Torah people as your children's guides and your children's examples. We all know that story about Aristotle. Philosophy and all kinds of wonderful ideas were his, but he was once caught by one of his students in a position of compromise. And the student said to him, but master, how? And he answered, now I am Aristotle the man, not Aristotle the philosopher. We cannot afford to be two things. The world needs integrity. And we need teachers with integrity for our children. We need to have integrity. Our example goes much more, much further than what we tell them to do. You know, when something happens that is good, do we thank Hashem? Do they hear us have God in our lives by having God on our lips? And when there's trouble, to whom do we turn? Do we take a prayer book? Do we take a book of Psalms? Do we intercede Hashem knowing that He is the one who can change the course of events? These are the things that children need to see. Do they see that we welcome guests into our home? And do we do it in a way which is generous welcoming. I read a story, an amazing little story, about a family. And the family lived in Tzvat, and they're known for their hospitality. And every Shabbos they have dozens of guests at their table, and in that way they share Yiddishkeit with them. And apparently two years ago, it was this time of year, two weeks before Rosh Hashanah, a large group of female IDF officers were spending the weekend up in Tzfat. And they were invited to this family called the Ben-Ari family for the Shabbos meal. Now, Rabbi Ben-Ari had the custom of going around the table and asking each guest to share a thought. And some guests used that opportunity to ask questions on Judaism, and others shared memories or inspiring stories or experiences. And then one officer stood up and she said the following. She said, because of this Shabbat, I'm going to become Torah observant. Well, it's not a common reaction for a a first-time Shabbos experience. Everybody was really surprised. And then she continued. She said, I'm a vegan. I don't eat meat, I don't eat fish, but I also have celiac disease. I can't eat foods with gluten. So whenever I get invited out for a meal, I let the host or the hostess know at the outset that I have these restrictions. 
the cook at the army base already knows. In truth, she said, my favorite food is quinoa. So whenever my friends ask what I can eat, I say, oh, make quinoa. It's tasty. It's easy to prepare. And then she said, this Friday night as I was walking home to your home, walking towards your home, I realized I hadn't made any arrangements whatsoever in advance. And I'm sure there'd be no quinoa. And I'm sure I'd have to leave the house hungry. And in general, I was under this impression that religious families, observant families, eat a lot of bread and a lot of meat. So I walked into the house, and I jokingly said to my friend, if there is quinoa in this house, it must be a sign from above that I have to become observant. And as I walked in, I saw quinoa on the table, a huge platter of quinoa. I was actually shocked, she said. My friend and I looked at each other, and I just felt that this was a message from Hashem, a message from God. They listened to the story, and now it was the rabbi whose face was getting more and more intrigued and surprised. And you could see on his face something was going on here, and he actually looked a bit shocked. He then said, let me tell you my side of the story, how the quinoa landed on the table. He said, my wife and I, we've been married 30 years. We never had quinoa on our Shabbos table. We never had quinoa generally. We had never tasted it, and we didn't know how to prepare it. He said, this week, something happened. He said, during the week, I travel from kibbutz to kibbutz in the Negev. I visit families. I teach them about Judaism. And this week, on my rounds, I spent a night in the home of my friend, Rabbi Moshe Blau. And he's a Chabad emissary of the Rebbe in that region. And one night he said, I was hungry. And since I'm just like a member of that family, I opened the fridge to look for something to eat and saw a large bowl of some kind of grain and colorful mixed vegetables. So I filled a plate and I ate it. I found it very tasty. And the next morning, Rabbi Blau explained to me, the dish is called quinoa. And it's very healthy with many natural proteins. So Rabbi Ben-Ari said, since it was so delicious and healthy as well, I decided to ask my wife to make it, to prepare it for this Shabbos. So I came back to Tzvat and I mentioned to my wife about the dish. She'd never heard of quinoa. She didn't know how to make it. She tried to convince me to forget about it, but I was insistent. This tasty and healthful dish must be on our Shabbos table this week. So I called Rabbi Blau, and he told me that the quinoa had actually been made by a neighbor. So he put me in touch with his neighbor, and she very graciously introduced my wife to the secrets of quinoa preparation. I sent my young son, Yosef Yitzchak, down to the shop to buy the grain, and for this Shabbos... My wife made quinoa for the first time. He then turned to the young woman, the army officer, and said, You see, God was thinking about you from the beginning of the week. He knew you'd be our guest for Shabbos and that you love quinoa, and it's essential for your health. So he just arranged things just for you 
so that you would have the food you needed for Shabbos. That story left a deep impression on me and on all the guests and on the family around the Benari table. Rabbi Benari pointed out that we might think that amazing stories only happened years ago or they only happen in the Bible, but we need to see, we need to open our eyes to see God's intervention all around us. As the parasha begins, Behold, see, I place before you this day blessing. And in case you're wondering, that army officer did not become observant on the spot, but from that week on, she is meticulous. She resolved to light Shabbos candles every Friday night in honor of Shabbos. God is around us. God is a blessing. We need to open our eyes, re'eh bracha, see blessing. But we need to work to internalize it. The Benari family invites guests, and what do their children see? What do their children hear? They see generosity. They hear their parents offer not just anything to others, but the best that they can find. We need to show our children concern for others, concern for people who aren't well, to visit the sick, to dower the bride, all kinds of things when they see us concentrate when we daven. They know that this is a way that parents behave that they should emulate. When they see people speaking kindly to each other, when they see Torah being studied. All of these things are amazing examples for our children. The Shema was in the Parsha two weeks ago. Last week we had this subsequent part about the community. If all of you will certainly listen, the listening, the internalizing goes on. And we know that the third part of the Shema, it's not in this week's parsha, is the parsha, the portion about tzitzit. What are tzitzit? They are the fringes that a man, that a boy wears. Why do they wear them? To remind them of the Torah and all of God's mitzvahs. Because the word tzitzit, together with the five knots and the eight strings adds up to 613. We have the mitzvahs all around us. We need to bring things visually into our lives to see the good, but also to show the good. The tzitzit remind us of all the mitzvot of Hashem. And when you are reminded you are encouraged to do so, to do the mitzvah. And that's what we need to be. We need to be the signposts to show others what's going on, to show others that God is really present everywhere, desiring to bless, desiring to interact, desiring to partner with us. And of course, as we approach the month of Elul, it is important to remember how important our actions are, not only because what you make your own is lasting, but also because this is how we call out to God. The word Elul is an acronym for many, many um, words. 
And the one that we want to mention now is that it's an acronym, it's an acrostic for I reach out to Hashem and Hashem responds to me. Ani Lidodi, I reach out to my beloved. I call out to my beloved. I do something to show my beloved that I care. Vidodili, and my beloved responds to me. We reach out to Hashem and Hashem gives us blessing. Behold, I place before you this day blessing, says God. Choose blessing. Choose life. Choose light. Do it through love and through action. Now, there are two psukim that have these words of Ani and Lidodi, Vidodili in another order. Also in Song of Songs, King Solomon says, Dodi li va'ani lo. My beloved reaches out to me and I respond to him. He is mine and I am his, but he starts. There are two times of the year. The time of Pesach is a time of Dodili, where God showed himself to the Jewish people with great love. And the Jewish people responded to him. There were many miracles. There was much manifestation of God's love for the people. And the people responded. Yes, God saved them from Egypt. There were plagues that went against the enemy to stop the enemy from persecuting the Jewish people. There were wonderful miracles on a daily basis in the desert. And then there was open, revealed godliness at Sinai. The people saw. They saw godliness over and over again. And, of course, they responded, Va'anilo, I belong to you. But what you see tends to fade. And within 40 days, they had made a calf of gold, a deity. Moshe did not come back on the day that they thought he had promised to come back from his first set of 40 days in heaven. And they created another god. The memory of everything that had been done for them, that they had seen with their own eyes, had faded. And so, ultimately, what has to last has to be something, what will last has to be something that we do on our own. We make it our own. Not a gift that's given to us. Not a rescue that's done for us. But standing up straight and saying, I will reach out to God. And even though it's my small, puny, human offering, human action, to God it is huge. And he responds to us. So the month of Nisan starts this whole process. There's no question. In Nisan we saw. And that generation that left Egypt and traveled in the desert, they didn't want to enter the land of Israel because... They wanted to remain with the miracles, the daily miracles in the desert. They didn't want to have to work the land. But we know that for something to be lasting, we absolutely need to be involved and to make it our own. And there are going to be many weeks now in Elul when we will work on ourselves on a minute-to-minute, day-to-day um, 
process. What we do want to say, though, is that we're going to bless the new month of Elul this week. Rosh Chodesh will be on Tuesday and Wednesday. It is a time of grace and opportunity when God's 13 attributes of mercy become revealed. What is normally revealed just on Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur and the festivals, it's there on the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We need to seize the opportunity and use it. We will begin to say Psalm 27, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And we will work toward doing our part to bring down a good and sweet year, not only for ourselves, but for all of mankind. Remember, Shabbos candles are lit at 531, and Shabbos goes out tomorrow night at 635. I wish you a good Shabbos, a good Chodesh, a good Tomid.